0: BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with Beast OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Running, endurance, conditioning, wrecking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike here with BeastNet and on this episode I got with me Nick. Nick Thompson. How you doing Nick? Doing wonderful man, how about you? I'm doing good. I'm sitting here on your deck out in this gorgeous sun sunset and loving the view nice purtiful day it is pretty sure I saw something it might have been a seal I think that was a bat that just flew by us so that was kind of weird but you know <laughs> <laughs> seeing a lot of things of how much we had to drink oh yeah you know a couple things so tell us a little bit of, you know one of the things I want to talk about was Hawaii All right. you and I did Hawaii together how, how was that hot it, it was very oh,
1: hot god that was hot yeah it was uh, it was the hottest race I've ever done the point where like I had to put stuff on my head and like fill my rag with like ice cubes and whatnot and just have it drip down my face.
0: It, it was bad, and that that was that was probably one of the hardest things on that race for me was the heat.
1: Yeah, you get up at five in the morning and it's still like eighty-three degrees out before even the sun rises.
0: Oh yeah, and it's just it's hot, it's muggy, it's it's humid. It, oh, it was brutal. But so we got up that first day. Well, first we did the Taco Mile. Yeah, I cheated on that. I did my my Choco Tacos. Yeah, you used Choco Tacos (laughs) for the Taco Mile. Ice
1: cream melted before the first quarter mile. Oh, it did. (laughs) Slurping with that nasty stuff.
0: It looked like he had white all over his beard. It was hilarious. Yeah, I had been into Japanese porno at that point. Yeah, we won't say exactly what it looked like, but he just (laughs) did. So So that was fun. I mean, we had a a little bit of fun in Hawaii beforehand. We did the Choco Tacos, and we did the Mai Tai... uh, um catamaran oh yeah we which was a blast that's for sure so I, I had a few my ties on that that trip and uh rode on the front of the boat yeah and then we went out and we got those back scratcher drinks oh yeah those were good too I forgot about that I still got my back scratchers I've got them too I've got them at the house so I, I do have the back scratchers I figure the wife ain't gonna do it I gotta scratch my back so pretty much there's a few other areas that I use to scratch but we won't talk about that <laughs> but you know do what you gotta do yeah <laughs> So, <laughs> so then Saturday morning, we went and we went for the beast. Yeah. So, tell me a little bit. You know, I, I've been uh, done the podcast a little bit and talked about how my 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 thoughts and experiences on that. But you you tell me how you kind of your thoughts and experiences of the that first beast.
1: All right. So we showed up uh, and with uh, – what is it Spartan Ohana team. Yep. And tons of hugs I think I, I did more hugs with them than I've done at any beast event which was awesome oh it was amazing Con- considering we didn't really know many people there they just took us in like we were a family uh, get over the first wall get ready to go they say start we do our aru's. cross the start line I think we made it about a hundred feet and then your sock blew out on you yeah and it was time to stop and adjust the sock yeah and then we didn't get much further. We had to stop again, take the socks off completely. Yep. And that's when I knew it was going to be a long day. Because 13 and a half miles, we just started, literally just started. We had not been more than two minutes into the race, and now you're barefoot on one foot. So Yeah. We we knew blisters were coming.
0: We we knew that was going to be a fun one. That that was going to be fun. Yeah. I do feel though. I mean, even you know, with that that horrible start, that for the first four or five miles, we had a decent pace going.
1: Yeah, it was good till we hit like mile five and a half when we hit the upward on the mountain and we came to a complete stop and we basically. We did a mile and a half in almost two hours stuck on that mountain.
0: Yeah, it's a, I tell I tell everyone I call that the death march. <laughs> it it was literally a, was. what I felt like. It, it just kept going up and up.
1: Yes, and
0: we up, were barely moving up,
1: up. The only best part about doing that was having Brandon Chin finally catch us on his second lap, and his mouth was shut for once. Yeah, <laughs> he was quiet. I've never seen that man quiet unless he's got uh, you know third meal fourth meal going yeah. into his mouth while eating you know because he can eat oh yeah but he he looked ragged when he got oh there. he did
0: wasn't talking to us i tried to no. shake his
1: hand and he just he, showed me he his, went right his through hands them. that
0: were torn to shreds and i'm like okay never mind no no high fives yeah so. he didn't have his
1: uh, pineapple ice cream to keep him
0: going <laughs> so. no yeah but yeah that death march was crazy i did think it was cool though when they started doing the tunnels when the ultras well, are coming we, through, we had to
1: do something to entertain ourselves because so many people were irritated and getting ticked oh. off. And
0: yeah, there was a group right behind us that was just complaining oh, they the whole time. Shut up!
1: Oh my God, why aren't we moving? Why don't you go? <laughs> everybody um, should just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can go a whole six inches till I run into the person in front of me. Yeah, pretty much. And that goes for everybody in front of us. There is nowhere to go. Everybody wants to go.
0: Yeah, everybody wants to go forward, but we can't. Yep. You know, and then we got to the parts where you understood why they couldn't, because some of those places were pretty, pretty hectic to get through. Yeah, you know, but it was that kind of that took the the kind of took the wind out of our
1: sails. Yeah, it, it definitely dampened the day. To it be did. sure, and especially once we got out and we realized now we're on a time constraint, and we're two yeah. hours further behind than where we should have actually been. And oh yeah, we hit out of there, and we knew we were somewhere around like six and a half. And we we kept going, kept going, and we thought we'd be close to eight miles. Finally, round this hill, and we reach mile marker seven. Yeah. And I just watched everybody with us: Jody, Sarah, yourself, and whatnot. Just everybody just completely deflate. Yeah. We felt like we we're at least a mile further than where we should have been.
0: Yeah, but I, I mean, in all honesty, mile. What was it like the eight or nine?
1: We went from eight to nine in like twenty feet.
0: Yeah. You like saw mile eight and then you walked around a corner and all of a sudden it was mile nine. Yeah. And you're like, that's because oh. we,
1: we split off the one part where the the, the older people went up the hill yeah. and we didn't have to do that part. So, uh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was brutal. I mean, that, that was tough. I mean, it, it was honestly for me, I felt like it was the toughest beast I've done ever. And I mean, I was even talking to Brandon Chin earlier today about it. And I'm like, he even asked, he's like, it was the same course. The same elevation why do you think it was harder and i'm like i don't know but something about that that day killed me well i, I don't think know part of it been. was a death march
1: yeah i was gonna say i don't know how it's been before but yeah that extra two hours of at a standstill in almost the exact middle of the race it, it, it did sap a lot of your energy out a lot of your strength it definitely killed your momentum because yeah. i wasn't getting any of that back by the time we got off no The best thing you could do is, you know, double down as best you could and try and make up some time. But you weren't ever going to catch where you would have gone.
0: No. Well, then we went through that whole backside of the course. And you hit the top of the mountain the second time. Yeah. And, I mean, you went up this mountain. By the time we hit the top, I was pretty sure we were going to walk around a corner and see the pearly gates. And they were going (laughs) to tell me I wasn't allowed in. Like, you got to go back down. I'm like, cool. I'm okay with that. But... You know, we went up it a second time, and we hit the top, and the guy looks at us and says, You have, what was it, an hour and a half? Or an hour?
1: We had one hour to go a mile and a half. Yeah, one hour to go a mile and a half and it, hit Bender, or we were And up. that seemed very daunting, because we were 11 and a half miles in, on a 13 and a half mile course, and it was to get to Bender, and it's back up the hill, over the seven-foot wall, and then it's down this long, single, wide trail that's just muddy as all hell where a bunch of us had to actually sit on our asses and slide down yeah, because there was no stability at that point. You know, too many people had gone through. It was, it was getting dark, you know, trail was getting hard to see and we we're rushed behind time, but you know, it, it, it got everybody moving just enough to get there because we knew, if we could get to Bender, we missed the last cutoff. We don't we don't have to worry about cutoff now, we just have to finish before nine PM. And we yeah. did. You know. It, we did. It took a while to get there and it got dark. It never got cold, unfortunately. I think no. that would have made a huge difference if the temperature just could have Uh-oh. cooled down like ten degrees. If it got down to like seventy two, you know. But yeah, no, even when the sun crested the hill and we had the headlamps on and we were making our marches through, it was still mid eighty degrees.
0: Yeah. And I think the hard part is, and I mentioned, I mean, I went through, I filled my water, you know, what, four times? Oh, at least. At least. And I mean, it's a two liter. So, I mean, we're talking four gallons. Yeah,
1: just just cups alone at every water station. I probably drank two gallons worth of water yeah. throughout that day, just trying to replenish everything I was sweating off. And yeah. I don't know, I probably put at least another gallon just over my head trying to cool oh, my yeah. core down.
0: Every time we hit water, we were all dumping it over our heads, doing whatever we could to try and, to cool our core off.
1: I was and, so and looking just, forward oh. to dunk wall, and there was no dunk wall. No, they kept saying there was a dunk wall. It was no. rolling mud, and it was, yeah. yeah. And they wouldn't even let us do rolling mud by the yeah. time we got there. She's like, I am not jumping in to save you if you fall and drown. Yeah, so all you right. can't, yeah, just walk. There was a couple at the end. We hit a
0: point where they were like, yeah, you're. it's too dark, even with the headlamps, to do.
1: Yeah, it was that and rope climb. Yeah. Everything else became optional.
0: So. Yep. I, I did. So I, I hit the, the
1: spear throw. Yes, you did. I did. Came through first try.
0: Yep. So uh, I was three for three on the weekend <laughs> for the spear throw. That was the only good part for me all weekend, really.
1: I was good until till the sprint. All of a sudden, I didn't know how to throw anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So no, everything we, else was cool. It, it was a, It was a new experience to do a lot of those obstacles in the dark. Yeah. Doing slip wall in the dark was kind of interesting. You know, uh, plate drag, uh, uh, inverted wall, what have you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was all weird to do that in the dark and not being able to see. You know, then we hit the end and uh, what? It was pretty much you come around that corner. After the the spear throw, you come around that corner and back into. Yeah, you go you know, through uh, uh, multi rig. Multi rig, yep. Uh, Olympus. Olympus, and then and up and over the. What do they call that? I don't know. Whatever those trailers
1: are. Yeah, you go up and over
0: the trailers and over the entrance,
1: over to Hercules hoist, where we watch two ultra people with under four oh. minutes to go fail Hercules hoist, which is the last obstacle, and you you just feel sorry for them oh, at did. that point. Like, I thought the one guy was gonna cry. Yeah, <laughs> well, I you think look he like was. it. I think he was doing his burpees and crying while he did his burpees. Knowing you got to get those la- your, your time is under 4 minutes before they close this race down and you can s- literally see the finish line and you have to sit there and do burpees on what you would probably consider one of the easier obstacles to do. Yeah. But I mean, I can understand it. I mean, thirty miles in, oh. your body's seized up. You've been on the course for, at that point, what? It's got to be close to fifteen hours. Yeah,
0: and it's one of those things for guys like us. And I know it sounds bad, but because we're bigger,
1: we can just grab it and pull. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> lean back and lean back do a little and squat, go. and uh, yeah. pick it up five feet. Do another little squat, another five feet, and
0: yeah. And the way you got guys like that. I mean, the smaller guys, they really have to fight because the the weight is you know more than they weigh. Yep. So. But yeah, that was, but then we finished and I, and I was,
1: it was exciting. It was happy. It's um, definitely the longest beast I've ever done. Yeah. But we all got through and, and that was our goal was to make sure that everyone finished. Yeah.
0: And which was awesome. I mean, we all finished, you know, there was a little bit at the end. We all got a little upset about the, the, no, I mean, I did a little bit, but then it's kind of yeah. like, you know, whatever. I didn't get my medal. They'll smell it to me. I'll get fine.
1: it eventually. It'll be okay. seven months, you know, yeah. like last year.
0: But I, at least I know I did it. And that was a big key for me. I knew I did it.
1: Yeah. Well, you pushed it. So you came through a lot for that race. And to get there at the end, it's like, well, you can take a photo with a medal, but you don't get one. Yeah, no, it's, it's a little bit insulting. It but, is. you know, you so, would think they knew how many people registered. They would at least have that many medals on hand. You would but, think, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All
0: right. And now we're going to take a quick pause so we can hear from our sponsors like what you hear make sure and subscribe and review us on your favorite podcast platform be sure to find us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter if you're using YouTube please click the little red subscribe icon then click the little bell for notifications of future episodes and if you could give us a thumbs up and we're back so we finished that first night that, that first race and then you know Justin took us home Mm -hmm. which was always fun waiting for the bus. I could barely stand up in there. I had to wait for that stupid bus. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we spent an extra 20 minutes because we we finished, and they said, oh, the last bus is at 945. We're like, oh, yeah, we got like 25 minutes before then, so we'll just hop on the next bus. No, it literally was 25 minutes before the next bus actually even showed up.
0: Yeah, the 945 bus was the next bus. Trying
1: not to cramp up waiting for a bus. Yeah. I did get there. And then there's a tow truck in front of the bus when we get there. We just hop off because we're tired of waiting. And the bus just sits there with everybody else for at oh, least yeah. another 15 minutes. It's like, you're killing well, us. Fe-
0: and I felt bad for that one girl who was, like, injured. Oh, yeah. With and the, she was sitting the in the medical, you know, whatever, with a screwed up ankle. It's like, why don't you just drive her down to her <laughs> car? But um, she's sitting there, and they did nothing.
1: Nope. And they, finally, the lady's they, like, well, they, we're
0: done with the medical. You've got to get yeah. out of the thing and sit down. <laughs> they
1: booted her off the yeah. medical. booted her off the medical like, oh. freaking cart. I'm like, <laughs> You oh can just sit gosh. on the ground and wait for a bus.
0: Yeah. So at least when she got there, you know, <laughs> Nick and Justin helped her get into the bus and everything else and made sure she was okay. But it's just like, wow, Spartan. Good, good call on that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You couldn't and, have been in that much of a hurry.
0: No, and even the medical lady that would, you know was driving the thing was looking at the girl that's telling her, "Yeah, we're done. You got to cut her loose." Like, really? Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, wow, that's crazy.
1: We got to make it to Taco Bell before it closes.
0: Ah, and get that Kahlua pork tacos. <laughs> I never did. I I never got the Kahlua but but I couldn't bring in the I see so many people that like go to Hawaii and they go to like some restaurant you can go anywhere and I'm like why really
1: well I did send the old lady out to Jack in the Box while yeah. she was waiting for us to get home I was like I just need something I know that I can eat once I get there yeah. I haven't eaten in 13 hours I need something in my gut right now
0: yeah I could see that so then we you know obviously went to bed and whatever and yeah, we got four hours of sleep before it was time to get oh, up yeah. and start day dump. And too. that was the bad part, too, is, I mean, we didn't get done till almost 9. So we didn't get to the car until almost 10.
1: Yeah, it was 9.45 when we got on the bus, another 10, 15 minute ride yeah. over to the vehicle, another 45-minute just back to my hotel before yep. they even took off to yours. So we're talking close to midnight before any of us got any sleep, and we got to be up at 4.30 to start the whole day over again. Yeah. So we got, like,
0: four hours of sleep if we're lucky, you know. And I had to get up early because Amber needed to, it took an hour to
1: take care of my feet just so I can try oh, yeah. and run. You were, you were in pretty bad shape when we left. Run Sunday. That's why on the way there it was like four times in a row. You are doing both races, right? Yeah. You are doing both races, right? Yep. Yeah. Why do you keep asking me? Well, because if you're not, I'm going to. So I need to know this beforehand. Oh yeah. So, and that was the, the part too is, I mean, for me,
0: it was one of those, when we started the super, you've done the math and you're like, this is the pace
1: we need to keep. We had to be at mile five before 12 o'clock in order to finish in yeah. time to start the sprint because the last sprint started at 3 PM. So we had to get back before two thirty in order to get enough time to get our gear to get back in line and start the next race. So it just yeah. kept, okay, if we get to mile five by two or 12, we're fine because then yep. we could, we'll still finish before 2.30. And we finished at one twenty. We did. You know, we we've, we've finished a lot faster than what I expected us to. You know, it, it was another long, slow day because there was no shade outside of the oh, one no. little place through the creek where we actually sat in the river and everybody oh, was yeah. accusing us of peeing in the river. But we just tried I to did. cool our core down. <laughs> I did. <laughs> of pee. course you did. At least you were downstream from me. <laughs>
0: no, I wasn't. I was <laughs> upstream from you when I peed.
1: Oh. Uh, well, now you're a little closer to me. Because, yeah. You know.
0: so, so just so you know, everyone who's listening right now just realized I peed on Nick. Just so, so saying, just, you know.
1: So yeah, outside of that like less than a quarter of a mile, the entire course for the Super was, was out wide in open. the sun. And it was, again, high 80s, low 90s, you know, all the water stations, the water's out there sitting in the sun, oh, yeah. cooking.
0: So even the water's not cold. No, not at that all. That was the one thing that was nice on the Beast. We did hit that one part where there's a really nice lady from like Chicago or something that had like literally ice cold water.
1: Yeah, yeah, you guys stopped at that medical tent at like mile nine and a half. Yeah, and that kind of changed, a few, that kind
0: of brought me back a little bit because I finally, that ice cold water kind of cooled me off. But. Yeah,
1: I, I took off and I did the log carry, and by the time I got back from doing that, you guys were just showing up like, y'all had an extra pep in your step. Oh, she had ice and it was cold, and I'm like, cool, let's move. <laughs> we're running behind on time. Yeah. That so, was the whole thing. Is I, I I had to keep pushing you, Jody and Sarah. We did. It's like we, we got cutoffs. We just got to get past that next cutoff. You know, once we get there, we, we don't have to worry about things. And even on on Sunday when we got there, it was like, okay, get to mile five. Got to get to mile five. Noon is coming. What time is it when we get there? It's 11.20. All right. We got 40 minutes. That doesn't mean we get to goof off. We need to keep moving. We need to keep going.
0: And that was a great part about having
1: Nick with me. I mean,
0: it's one of the things I said during the race a couple times was, is my goal right now is I want to be the partner that he needs, not the partner that, you know, not him just being the partner that I need, because he was the partner I needed in Hawaii.
1: Yeah. I I came in. My plan was to finish the trifecta. I've never done a trifecta in a weekend before, but at the same time, uh, talking with you, talking with Jody... And knowing that you guys had gone there for years on end and have never done it, at any point I could have waved goodbye to you guys and ran and focused on my own thing. Yeah. But we're all friends. So does it matter to me if I finished in five and a half hours versus I finished in almost 12 hours? No, it really doesn't because I get the same medal at the end of the day. At that point, it's I want to get my friends through. If I sit back and I hang out with you, I'm going to get – just as much pride as if I just beat my best by like 15 minutes. Yeah. So, and see, for me, it's one of those.
0: I feel sometimes it's almost more pride because not only did I I finish this race, but like for me, it was. If it wasn't for you, I don't know if I would have finished. I think I would have had more problems than I did, and probably like when I dropped back because that's one thing we didn't say during the Beast was it's probably about mile 10 or so. Yeah, my left leg started cramping. Yeah. And Sarah, Jody, and Nick were way ahead of me,
1: yep. and I started dropping back. And Nick stopped and waited for me to catch back up. Absolutely. With him. Well, at that point, we we can't leave you behind. We're too close to the end. Yeah. You you haven't come this far to to tap out. It, it, at that point, it's just willpower. Yeah. A- and I, I've been there myself this past week, and when I did the the fifty Star Course. We hit our 50 miles when we hit the last checkpoint, and we still had close to four miles to get to the last place. But our next mile was back up each step that we had just walked down, and I couldn't do it. I literally could not do it. Yeah. And and, uh, uh, Ray did me a huge favor. He lifted the weight out of my ruck. I got your weight. Go. Taking that extra 20 pounds off me was just enough because I was ready to stop at that point. And it, it took somebody else just sitting back a little slower than what they would have gone to give me enough momentum to get through it and, yeah. that, and that's kind of what i did i sat back yeah i could have walked to the end and then maybe came back and cheered you on but you might not have kept going if i did that if i just sit back and wait a few seconds plus you had a le- headlamp and i didn't so i mean i could have been walking alone in the dark or i could have sat back and waited for you yeah so. <laughs> do you like challenges that are fun tough and might use tacos Head on over to beastchallenge.com and check out our upcoming events, including Beasts 5K+, Plus, a combination of race and endurance event, and the Bucket Mile. Keep an eye on the Beasts OCR Facebook group for event gatherings. For more information, head on over to beastchallenge.com and the Beasts OCR Facebook group. You'll be glad you did.
0: And it was one of those things. I mean, we kept going and we finished. And I mean, like I said, you were, you were a big part to helping me finish. So on the super it was like you said it was so hot and so nasty i just kept you know drinking my water and kind of moving along um i do want to and that's been a big thing in my brain on whether or not i want to go back and do it again and i kind of i i think i do but i want to make sure i can go back and do it the right way did i finish all three races yes but I skipped a few more obstacles and did a few things that I, I,
1: I don't feel completely great about. You'd like to get to rope climb before they cut it off.
0: Yeah. yeah. so And that's kind of for me as it was one of those. I feel like I didn't do everything, so I feel like I need to go back and do it again. Do I still feel like I earned those medals? Yes, I do. But I, I feel like there were some things I need to do. But the the super was, you know, it was brutal. Um, just being on the heat all that time. And then we finished, like you said, about 120. Yeah. So we had time... You know, get something to drink real quick, go over and get our Sprint packet, which they said, of course, you know, they couldn't give us in the morning. There won't be
1: a line. But, yeah. We
0: promise you. They promise there won't be a line. <laughs> there there was a line, like, for a huge line. forty-five a minutes. stop
1: line that didn't move so we can sit out in the sun and roast when yeah. cores are already overheated. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest. I was done. I, I was done. It took you a little motivation to get you over there. I think, I think Justin hopping in on that one was a, a big difference on that because... Yeah him not racing the the entire rest of the weekend just he was a lot happier at that point than you were far yeah Yeah,
0: i was toast at that point i already knew that i had you know well we also know we had
1: six hours to do four miles yeah because it don't close down till nine so i I even told you as long as we get across that start line i will stay here till this place closes yeah it it doesn't matter to me if if it takes us till nine o'clock you know and we finished pretty early all, all things considered with how beat up and tired and the heat and everything else we, we were on the course what two and a half hours i mean about that yeah which is pretty good i mean it isn't that bad i mean
0: for me anyway but yeah, i mean it was considered yeah it was one of those things like i said i could feel the the my you know heels bleeding and uh, you know my my big toe i knew there was a, a popped blister on that and a few other things i knew my feet were screwed at that point but it was like i might as well go for it yeah. You know, I mean, the year we, in 2017, I said no because I knew I was supposed to the next weekend. And it was only four miles. But it was only four miles. I'm like, I'm going for it. Yep. You know, um, so I went for it. I mean, I'm paid for it now. It's been over two weeks and I still can't put shoes on. <laughs> but whatever. Um, you know, I'm hoping by the time Seattle happens that I can put shoes on again. There we go. But, you know,
1: I'm doing the race anyway, even just, if I have
0: to do it in thong.
1: You just know. get some shack shoes. Get some size 17s, you know, something that your feet can swell into, and you'll be all right. We'll just do it in flippy floppies.
0: <laughs> flippy floppies!
1: It'll be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not sure if I'll go back to Hawaii. Um, Hawaii was beautiful and whatnot. It was. Uh, I, I don't do well in the heat. I'm a cold-weather person. So am I. You know, I would much rather do the race in Seattle in April when it's cold and freezing than I would... Me too. You know, back in June or July, when it's in like Idaho and whatnot, and it's close to 90 degrees, you know, it does change the race completely. It gives you new perspective. It gives you, you know, something else to train for. But it's really hard in Western Washington to train for lots of heat because we don't get hot that often.
0: No. Well, and I think part of it for me as I've thought about this, and one of the reasons I'd want to kind of go back and do Hawaii again is because of that. Okay. Because my body, the way it's, it is, like this Seattle April, yeah. it was cold, whatever, but I could still push myself to go through it, and I was okay with that. With the heat, it was a completely different animal that my body wasn't used to, and that makes me want to train and
1: try and do it better. No, and that really showed in April, because yourself, me, Don, mm-hmm. a Kyle would not... We're all bigger gentlemen. We all kind of penguin walked and made it through the course no problem. While we watched all the, you know, uh, Miriams, Mary Lou's, whatnot, all these small petite ladies and whatnot just falling off to hyperthermia left and right. Oh, yeah. There there is some benefits to having a little extra skin around, you know? It is, but I think I got a little too much extra,
0: so (laughs) I need to work on that one. But... (laughs) So... Like, like I've said multiple times, thank you. And honestly, I, I really don't... I honestly believe that if it hadn't been for you that I would not be having a trifecta in a weekend. That I no, have I, I'm
1: glad to have been a part of it because I got a lot out of it myself. So, you yeah, know, yeah. it wasn't something where I, I had to push myself. But I, I was out there longer than I think... I've ever been out on anything. I think all together we were close to uh, twenty-two hours to yeah. do our twenty-eight miles. About that, you know, it, it, it was a long, long weekend, and, and it takes a toll on your body when you're out there that long. Yes. It, so I mean, it does. I could have pushed myself and gone on my own, and like I said, five and a half, six hours, no problem. I don't. I don't get anything out of it at, other than my own personal pride yeah it's something else to sit there and go you know what i get to watch these people that haven't done something before i get to help be a part of them completing something that they've been trying for not just this weekend not last year not not the year before we're talking years and years of building Mm -hmm. into this and getting there now like you said it, it wasn't your perfect race you didn't get to do everything that you wanted to do and now you've got another goal to work towards I'm going to go back, and I'm going to finish faster than what I did. I'm going to finish when I can do all these obstacles before they cut us off. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's something else to plan for, something else to work towards. Oh, yeah.
0: It's like I've always said. It's not really about, you know, and that's thing when you're when you're our type of racers, you're bigger guys, whatever, it's never about being the best. It's more about being better than you were last time. Yep. And improving. So.
1: Well, Ryan Hedinger, he says I'm like Pepe Le Pew. He's like... He sprints past me on the course. We hit the obstacle. I fly through the obstacle while he struggles through it. And next thing you know, he's sprinting past me on the course again. You know, yeah. there, there, There's benefits and minuses to both body types. You know? Oh, yeah.
0: Definitely. So, that was Hawaii.
1: And then you flew back, what, Monday, Tuesday? Monday. Monday. I got to sleep for another four hours before hopping on a flight to come home. Ugh. Yeah.
0: Now, you came back. You went to a concert. Did and then Friday, you went and did that fifty miler. I did. So tell us a little bit about that joyous time.
1: So it's something where uh, last February uh, a Virginian Nicholson, she uh, she called me into signing up for it. Which, She's good at that. Yeah. And honestly, it's like, okay, 50 miles in 20 hours, which is less than a three-mile-an-hour pace, which everybody walks a three-mile-an-hour pace. So all you got to do is a regular walk, and you got to do it for 50 miles.
0: Yeah.
1: No big deal, right? It sounds easy enough. And then you say, oh, now you got to throw 20 pounds on your back on top of that. Which
0: so, doesn't sound like a lot until you've walked 40 miles yeah.
1: You you go more than like 10 miles and that 20 pounds starts feeling more like 30 and yeah. so forth and so forth. But uh, we got our teams. I ended up with uh, Janelle, Ray, Adam, and uh, Daniela. And my first initial thoughts was, if anybody's going to back out on this, it's going to be me. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know my own self and I know what I can do and what I can't do. I, first time I met Daniela, I know what Adam can do. I know what Janelle can do They did like the first, uh, 24 hour hurricane heat. You know, they've done so many other things that I've never been able to do. Yeah. So I know I've got a good team behind me at the start. I've done a couple solo rucks throughout the year where I've done, you know, 20 to 30 miles on my own. Where at the end of it, it's like, I don't know how I can do the next 30. I don't know how I can do the next 20. It's also solo runs. You know, yeah. there's, there's not a team behind you when you're feeling down, when you're feeling tired, you know, to help motivate you enough to keep going.
0: Well, like we said about Hawaii, that's kind of the thing is when you have a good team behind you, like I said, I probably don't think I would have been able to convince myself to keep going. But having Nick right there with me to push me is is what changed everything. Yeah, because I like kill, tell you, between the C, the super and the sprint, I quit like seven times. <laughs> that is true. So,
1: yeah, nothing wrong with tapping out while still moving forward. Yeah,
0: I, I kept tapping
1: out and you I just kept really going. You verbally didn't, you didn't physically do it. Yeah. So we hit our start point, and it takes us a little while to plot our course. We watch people take off. We're probably one of the, the later teams to actually leave the start point, and we make our first way. And, and then the first few miles, it's hills and stairs, hills and stairs. And it's just, you can see right away, it's already sucking the life out of people. Everybody's yeah. breathing heavy. Then we, we hit the flats after the gum wall, and we start making our way way, way out towards the, the flight museum. Uh, and you you see people like okay we're finally hitting flats people feel a little more motivated we got people kind of skipping and jogging you know turn around we start making our way from the flight museum to mercer island once we hit that bridge that's a 2 mile long bridge yeah and you can see everybody start slowing down I, and a, a, as we start on the bridge we're we're running into teams coming back the other way and knowing where we're going and to where we're at now we realize there's seven, eight miles ahead of us. And, and that thought alone, you, you can already see it's starting to bug people that we're falling that far behind. Yeah. You know? And we know there's teams behind us. But we're already got eight miles behind other people. And you start walking, start walking, start walking. And then you turn around and realize you're by yourself. You turn around, you can barely see your team. So people are starting to really struggle. And it's, it's in the middle of the night. We're, we're only six, seven hours in get to the checkpoint, turn around. Now we got to go back, the two-mile bridge, back to where we're going. And and the struggle becomes real for people at that point. We're maybe at that point close to 20 miles in, and we're slowing, and we're stopping, and we're slow. And to my surprise, it's not me. Because out of our five people, I thought the first person out would be me. Yeah. And... We make to the next checkpoint, which is the Jimi Hendrix, and now all the time that we've, we've been building up and getting ahead of schedule, we're now back to our start time. You know, we can't fall much further behind before we're not going to complete before the time hack. Mm. you know, but the sun's finally come up. We've been on the course for nine hours. We've still got 11 more hours till the cutoff we got to make it to Checkpoint 6, which is the middle of the UW campus. We get out over there and... The middle of the UW campus? You said you were at the Jimi Hendrix. That's in Renton. No, Jimi Hendrix is downtown Seattle. It's over, like, the the Chinatown district.
0: Like his grave?
1: No, no, no. his statue. Oh, his statue. I'm thinking his grave. Not not his grave. His statue. So, yeah, the middle of downtown Seattle all the way over to the UW campus where the big fountain is. And that's still a hike, but, yeah. And as we're making our march, uh, we hear Daniela, she's done. She's still moving forward, but she keeps saying she's done. She she can't do this, she's done. And all of a sudden, our boy Adam, he's falling further back and further back, and now he's throwing up and, and things just aren't looking good. But everybody's still moving. Yeah. We finally make it to UW and you know, It's announced, hey, guys, we're running low on time. And my response is merely, yeah, we've stopped way too many times. We need to keep moving. And that's when Adam tells us, listen, I'm holding this back. I, I'm not going to be able to finish. I'm tapping out. To my surprise, he he's literally one of the last people I would have thought to say, I'm done. And we're 32 miles in. We still got 18 miles to go. Yeah. Which... You know, the, like I said earlier, Dan- Daniela the whole time has been sitting there going, "I'm done, I'm done, I'm out, I'm out." As soon as Adam is out, she's now following suit. So we're already down uh, two people out of five. Which at the start of it, the cadre said, "Listen, this is a 50 percent completion event." A- and Janelle just told him, "Well, thanks for the you know motivation." He's like, "I'm not here to motivate you. I'm here to be real. This yeah. is a 50 percent completion event." We're, we're down to two of five at this point, so we're already near 50%. And, and, you know, I didn't know Daniella before this race, you know, but I've seen enough females in endurance events to know that they have no problem doing laps around gentlemen out there at yeah. any moment. So I wasn't taking anything away from her. It did surprise me. So, you know, we, we said our goodbyes, gave our hugs and whatnot, and we'll see you down the road. Our, our next point is we got to head out to this park. I think it was Magnuson Park at this point. And sun's finally up. We're starting to warm up. Everybody's got a renewed attitude. We've lost two. We're not going to lose anymore. Yeah. Now, physically, we're all beat up. So now at this point, it's all mental. And we we had to start breaking things down. It was no longer let's make it to the next checkpoint. Let's finish this event. Let's, you know, let's worry about tomorrow. It now becomes... We're going to make it to this next light and we're going to get across this intersection before it becomes a red light. That, that's how far down we had to shorten everything in order to keep ourselves, you know, mentally focused in this. Yeah. But with each step, you know, brings new problems. Our, our feet, we've already gotten hot spots. Our, our blisters are blooming and are now exploding. Yeah. Janelle had a huge explosion on the side of her heel about 35 miles in. Where we're we're talking over the size of a silver dollar. Now we have to stop at a bus station next to this homeless dude and try and patch this thing up just to get her to keep moving. And she's oh. making a pack with me, Nick, I'm I'm not gonna stop and I'm not gonna let you stop. You don't let me stop. And so that's our plan. And we just keep marching, just keep marching, just keep marching. Get to the next part and realize we gotta turn around. Now everything we gotta do is now uphill. Oh. And and It it sounds worse than it actually is. The uphills are better because the way we've been going, all our blisters are pushed in one direction. Yeah, I can see that. It's only when we start going downhill when you're you're, you're looking forward to it. But now you're pushing your blisters in the opposite direction, and now the pain kicks in. And you can't ignore it because your feet are already swollen. The blisters that you have that you've tried to patch up are now leaking out past the patches and whatnot. It's just... Yeah, sure. Willpower and, and seriously narrowing your vision down to the next step right in front of you. You're not looking beyond it because if you look beyond it, you're going to overwhelm yourself. You're never going to finish this event.
0: Yeah.
1: And we push our way through to Green Lake. Uh, Green Lake, we get a short five minute rest and none of us really want to move from there. But we still got two checkpoints to go. Uh, our Our next checkpoint, which is our last and then straight over to the finish. Well, somehow we messed up on our checkpoint. We put in the location, which was on our map, showed up in the middle of the park, and we actually had to go to the far end of the park to a lighthouse, which, because of the direction we went, it took us like two miles off course, so we had to backtrack through all these side trails and get down there, and we're worn, we're we're beat up, we're tired, and it's all, each step is downhill, 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 and... Step after step after step, and I'm realizing in my head, I can't go back up these steps. I can't do it. You know, I want to do it, you know, but physically I cannot do it. We hit the last checkpoint, and I'm tapped. I'm done. I just I look at we're, we've got less than two hours to do four miles, and at this point, at the pace we're going, we're not going to make it. Yeah, and I, I just tell him. I said I can't do the hike back up that hill. You know. I'd rather tap out here. Let you two go get go get your patches, you know. And I will attempt this maybe another time. Even though the whole time I kept saying, "This is a one attempt only event. I, I'm yeah. success or failure. I'm not doing this again." <laughs> Ray does what he always does. He he did it for me years before at a Portland hurricane heat where I dropped my weight. He picked up my weight, shoved me forward. And that's the only motivation I needed to finish the event. He did the same thing. He reached over. He grabbed my weight out of my pack. He said, all three of us are finishing this event. And that extra weight, just, you know, just the fact that I can move my shoulders again, you know, each step back up that mile long hill. It, it wasn't grueling anymore. Now, I mean, I was about as much of a mess as i've ever been in my life you know i i'm trying really hard because my blisters are now leaking yeah. you know out out the sides i my feet are bleeding every step is just pure pain it's nothing but willpower moving you forward at this point you know just trying to get there trying to hold the tears back and part of part of it is the tears are coming from pain part of it is i can't believe i'm going to finish this part of this is they told me 50 miles and we're closer to 55 miles at this point yeah (laughs) yeah and 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 to get there and and ray did exactly what he needed to do at that point we're the last quarter mile before the finish he comes back to me and he shoves my weight back into my ruck he's like you can finish with your own weight let's go you know we get there and as defeated as you are everybody else that's finished before you is just as defeated and there's a giant applause waiting for you yeah everybody's happy to see that you made it and god it was hard not to break down at that point you you get over there you take your photo the cadres are hugging you and handing yourself you you've done something that arrogantly in the beginning you're like oh yeah 50 miles at a you know walking pace easy no it's not no. not freaking easy it, it was probably the most you know, enduring for the lack of a better word, thing I've ever done, pushed through, and it and it took somebody else to show me a little bit of sympathy to get me through it. Kind of like what you were saying. If it wasn't for somebody else, I don't think I would have completed this. If yeah. Ray hadn't grab grabbed my weight and shoved me forward, I wouldn't have completed. I would have hit that last point. I would have hit my fifty miles. I would have tapped out and said I did as much as I could do. He wasn't going to let me stop, and. I can't thank that gentleman enough for just the support he's always given me. If you want you know, somebody to help you with something, I would ask him to be at my side anytime for that. So. What's for his last name? Venstra? Venstra?
0: Yeah. I think I, um, I've seen the name. I'm not sure if I've met him in person, but I've heard about him. It uh, he's seems a Canadian like dude. He, an amazing guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, And even throughout the course, he was running into people that he had done other endurance events that knew him just by saying, Oh, I, I did this with you. I did that. You did this for me. You did that for me. And thats He's a stand-up gentleman, and he was making me and Janelle look at fools at that point. Like, he, he was doing circles for us, waiting on us. At one point, he pulled Janelle's weight out. So he's got her 20 pounds, my 20 pounds, his 20 pounds, and he's still, like, back and forth lapping us and whatnot. I mean, that guy's got energy for days. And what's amazing about that is, I mean, it's kind of like Hawaii with you,
0: where you pretty much know in your mind that at any point he could have been like Oslo Winnebago. Yeah. And left you and gone. But he's like, no, it's it was more important to him that everybody finish. Yes. Than his own time. And that's that's what I love about most of the Spartan community, most of the people that I've become friends with. Yeah. In the Spartan community is you know, it's like me and Serena and Justin have talked about in Vegas where we had our time and we were gonna hit the time goal that we set. But then we saw someone who needed help, and we're like, "Time go out the window. Let's help this person and finish Absolutely. It. You know, I would rather. It's more important to me if I had a chance at first place. But I would have to leave somebody behind, and they weren't going to finish the race, so I could get first place. I don't think I could do it.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that goes for most people. Is you want to see the best of humanity, you show up to one of these events, whether yeah. it's a regular race or whether it's an endurance event, what have you. It it, there is an individual goal but nobody has an ego so large that they won't set their own personal goal aside to make sure that somebody else succeeds
0: no, no. and that's what's amazing and I think a lot of it comes down to and I mean it's you know uh, Dingo pointed this out to me after uh, I, I DNF'd in Hawaii and he said the biggest thing is he's like you guys lost, lost sight of the warrior ethos and I'm like what do you mean we didn't leave anyone behind and he's like no but you didn't put the mission first and I'm like I never thought of it that way we always put he's like the war ethos is in in order by the way they should be really followed yeah and leaving no one behind is the last one because there are points like on you know uh, on your 50 miler where you pretty much Adam had to decide that hey if I continue with this the mission's gonna fail all of us are gonna fail everyone's gonna fail so it makes more sense for Adam to say hey I need to check out
1: So that the three of you can finish. I don't want to stop. I could probably push forward. But if I push forward, nobody's going to finish.
0: Yeah. So to put the mission first and say, I'm stepping out so that the mission can continue. And that's what I think a lot of people forget. And sometimes it's not. If the mission's going to fail, then you probably need to leave the person behind. And that was my my problem when I DNF'd in Hawaii the first time. Is even though I had my boot, there was actually a guy (coughs) with us that was moving slower because he had broke his arm on the race. And we were helping him and getting him through. And because of helping him, it th- slowed us down enough that we DNF'd. And it was one of those, we really should have been like, cool, you got you to a volunteer. You're on your own. We're out. Yeah. And that's kind of one of those things that it's really hard to do. But I still would rather... I still, It's still hard for me. On that one, I am still like, feel like I would have rather DNF'd because I helped somebody than to say I'm leaving you behind. But on that one, it's kind of one of those, his arm was broke. He needed to be like off the course. Yeah. So.
1: And it goes back to what I was saying earlier is when we went to our second day in Hawaii, where I'm asking you four times, you're going to do both races, right? You're going to do both. Because I'm doing both races. Yes. If you're doing both, I will get you through both. But the moment you tell me you're not, I got to go. Because this is what I came for. He's full of it. Because I told him I wasn't like seven times
0: and he's kept going. And But you still got there before yeah, cutoff, so. I did. And it was one of those. I kept saying I'm not doing it, but like you said, I'm like, I'm done. I can't do this, but I'm still stepping forward and want moving. So it's kind of like, okay.
1: Yeah. And you also the realization that, okay, we're doing a sprint. It's only four miles. We got six hours to do four miles. You can you can crawl yeah. six miles in four or four miles in six at hours. At that
0: point, I almost wanted to. I mean. <laughs> we probably looked like we were crawling at that point. Oh my feet hurt i destroyed those shoes i had to buy new (laughs) freaking shoes because those were my everyday sketchers i'm just like they're the only shoes my freaking swollen torn up feet are gonna go into yeah so
1: yeah well you know and that's kind of what we were doing during the the star course is uh this goes back to uh cha he would always tell you accept your situation Okay, well, accept the fact that you're doing this event, accept the fact you're this many miles in, accept the fact that you've got this many miles to go, accept the fact that you're going uphill or you're going downhill, that you've got this weight on... And and it was always uh, focus on the immediate. Yeah. What, What do you need? And that's what I was talking about when we started shortening the course. We started shortening it from location down to this intersection down to this block we just got to get here we just got to get there and by the time we hit our mile or our number eight checkpoint okay we've got this many hours to get this far does your business need first aid AED, osha flagging or other safety training
0: james safety services is your one-stop shop find them on facebook today at james safety
1: services wall and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs so I, I, I've i learned a lot of lessons from Kewl, from Dingo and whatnot, oh, it's... that it goes far and beyond just, you know, the hurricane heats or their firefighter fit or uh, doing workouts with Kewl or whatever. They're not teaching you for this specific event. They're teaching no. you for everything in life. And to be able to take those lessons and put them towards other things to help you succeed, I mean… I owe those guys so much. Oh, yeah. I'm the same way. There's been so many things
0: where it's been, you know, I've gone back to that warrior ethos, you know, and looked at it. And, and, I mean, the things that Dingo taught me and, you know, the other, you know, cadres and whatever, I mean, or cryptea or whatever they call them. But the things they taught me doing those hurricane heats has been life Life-changing. Yep. They, they, it's not just those hurricane heats. That's one of the things I've told a lot of people. If you've never done a hurricane heat, it's a, if you look at it the right way, it's a life changing event. It really is. You know, you've just got to take the lessons and realize that those lessons they're teaching you aren't just for a hurricane heat, they're to look at life in a completely different way. You know, and I got lucky because I've done two hurricane heats. One of them, Dingo was a cryptea, the second one I did, Dingo was a participant. Ah, there you go. And was my partner through the whole thing. And that's actually where the Pretty Mike comes from. Because of the whole thing, he kept calling me Pretty Mike. And that's where that nickname came from and stuck. But doing that whole thing, every time I looked at him, and he, I had that look. I didn't even have to say it, but I had that look like, I can't do this. And Dingo's looking at me going, yes, you can. Change your mindset. The second reason you can't do this is because you're telling yourself you can't do this. It's the one and only time, which everyone knows, what's my worst obstacle? What's the one I hate the most? The dunk wall. That hurricane heat, I went under because it was a double dunk wall in Seattle that year. I went under that without a second thought two times in a row during the hurricane heat because
1: my team had to do planks until I finished. You're doing it for the team—it's—it's it's not about yeah. you anymore. It's about everybody. No, I think the hardest thing that any endurance event, Hurricane Heat, what have you, is the fact that the people running them are completely honest with you. They yeah. don't—they don't BS you. No. If you're messing up, they will tell you that you're messing up. If you're struggling, they will tell you you're struggling and how you're struggling and why you're struggling. And if you put too much ego in front of it, you're never going to get anything out of it. No. If you sit back, shut your mouth, and listen, you'll realize they're not sitting there berating you to hurt your feelings. They're not you know, telling you you're failing because you're a failure. They're telling you so you can learn and you can grow. And. and yeah, I've had Dingo, Kuehl, and Cody at every endurance event that I've done for Spartan. And it's been the same uh, motivational speak the entire time. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. This is why we're doing it. You are going to learn from this. If you are struggling at this point, the next one from a regular to a 12-hour, you're not going to succeed at a 12-hour. No. If you take these lessons that we're giving you and you put them into practice, you can get there. Uh Dingo, at my second uh, hurricane event that I ever did, he sat there and he was telling us how he failed his first four 12-hour events. Yeah, And this is the guy running them. I've failed four times. I'm going back for a fifth. I'm going to get it on my fifth in my head. And the fifth one he did, you know. So, it wasn't he's telling us, hey, I'm telling you that you're failing at this part and this part and this part and you're never going to do it. No, he's telling you you're failing because if you work on this... You will be able to succeed. I even failed at this. Yeah. I'm not above you. I'm not better than you. You know. I failed myself, and I've learned from it, and I've built myself up, and I'm going to move on to the next rung, and I'm gonna get it, and I'm gonna finish, and I'm gonna be better a person because of it. Yeah, and he's gonna help you. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's like even in Hawaii, I saw Dingo when we were there, and I saw Dingo, and I was talking to him, and he's like, "How's the, you know, the exercise going?" I'm like, "I've been having issues really getting a good." cardio down you know because of my foot issue and stuff and he looked right at me and said I got a cardio workout for you I'll be sending it to you shortly and that's dingo I mean it's like oh you have a problem here's what here's my solution to it and how I'm going to help you it's not you know he's not doesn't berate you to try and make you feel bad he's just like
1: hey let me help you this is what I think you Here's should do. Here's honesty. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. I'm not going to coddle you. I'm not going to you know, play yeah. down like you're a two-year-old and I'm afraid of hurting your feelings. I'm going to be straight up and honest with you. I yep. don't have time to BS with you. This is what it is. Fix it. Yeah.
0: And Dingo knows. And me and Dingo have had the conversation about my issues with you know, my weight after the injury. And I know it. And Dingo has been very you know, short with me about it. It was my own decision on how I dealt with the injury. I did not do what I should have done and I gained a bunch of weight. I know it, he knows it, and he's helping me to try and figure out a way to, to change that now. You know, just because I made a mistake and I did it wrong to begin with does not mean that I can't fix that.
1: Yeah, you can overcome and fix
0: that. and overcome it now. And that's what Dingo and a lot of those guys were really good at was telling you how to here is your your obstacle, here is your hurdle. It doesn't matter how you came to be, what mistakes you made to get there. This is what we, you know, we're gonna help you do to get past it. Yep. You know, it's when we did the first uh, the hurricane heat with them. It was Virginia, was there, and Virginia was afraid of heights. Oh, the A-frame and the A-frame, and Dingo made her <laughs> go over that thing, I think four or five times, because he saw the look on her face when she went for it, and he's like, "Oh, you're afraid of this." come on let's do it we're going to do it until you're not and she did yep. and he did He, that was what they they were good at they would find what you had issues with and they weren't doing it to be mean they were helping you to get past that obstacle and that's a lot of the stuff like you know the 50 miler and everything else a lot of that becomes a mental obstacle
1: Yeah,
0: it's pushing yourself it's you know one of those things like you said Ray taking the, the you know the pack the little bit of weight got him moving I mean it's yep.
1: Yeah, after after like thirty two, thirty three miles in, it, it became mental for almost the rest of yeah. the race. The last four miles, when we were doing fifty to fifty four miles, that became sheer willpower at that point. Yeah. Now it's okay. You've already finished the last checkpoint. You, you've already gotten the help that you need. Somebody else is carrying your weight. You need to move now because now it is on you. There's there's no BS left. It's all you here. Yeah. Just take one step after another. I know they suck. I know it hurts keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. You can't let that person up there that's picking up your share of the weight, you know, you can't fail that person now. Yeah. Even when you wanted to fail yourself, you can't fail them. And and it sounds bad, but it gets
0: harder. It's harder to fail somebody else than it is yourself. It's so much easier to give up on yourself than it is to give up when somebody else is right there telling you you can do it. And it's, you know, when I did the marathon, you know, a couple years ago. And I think that was the hardest part for me because in my brain, I told myself if I passed 20 miles, it was mental after that and I was stupid to quit. Um, Don hit a point, and, and it's different because I, I say that, but then Don hit like 22 miles and he gave up. But that was, I mean, he was having full on back spasms and I get that. But it was a total mental destruction for me. To take the one person who's been with me the whole time saying, come on, you can do this, let's go, keep moving, and my motivation, and all of a sudden, with four miles left of the race, yeah, I'm out. And that was the hardest four miles of my life. Yeah, I can imagine so. Because I had no one there with me. I had the the course marshals offering to give me rides. They're like, you can barely walk. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm past that 20-mile mark, and I'm finishing this stupid thing. You know, and it was it was probably the hardest four miles of my life. I cried. I'll be honest. I mm-hmm. literally, tears rolling down my face because I never felt so alone in my life. But, you know, and then I went back and, you know, me and Don did another one there you go. in June. And he finished. And I was so proud of him to see him finally finish that, that full marathon. Um, you know, I had a yeah. EMT with me the whole <laughs> time to make sure I didn't I die. That. I heard that. But, you know, but it was still... It was very proud. I was so proud of him. And I don't know if I've really ever told him how proud I was to see he's him.
1: He's not. He's lying.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, we've... Me and Don have known each other since preschool. So, he's like a little brother to me. And I mean, found
1: somebody that can tolerate you that long, huh? Yeah, I know. Jeez.
0: But to see him finish was... I, I mean, it was so proud. I mean, I didn't even see it because he ran in front of me because he's a dick and left me. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later, No. <laughs> but to see... I mean, see him get that medal and everything else, I was so proud. So, I mean, it's... I think that's one of the things, like with Nick and with you know a lot of us in the, the beasts and a lot of us in OCR in general. It's sometimes it's more about seeing the, somebody else's
1: victory. A- absolutely, we were doing a ghost this past year, and we we're doing this uh, one and a half mile march, silent march, not allowed to talk, Ooh. and it's single file line. And uh, Crystal Karen, she's in front of me. And she's going slower and slower. Now there's a big gap between the people in front of her and where she's at. And she steps off to the side. And she's going slower and slower. And I'm the person who's directly behind her, but she's no longer in front of me. She's literally to the side of me. She's starting to fall fall behind. And I just reach over, and I just shove my arm up under hers, and I start dragging her forward. I give her that little extra oomph to keep up. I know we're supposed to be single-filed. Now her and I are paired up side by side. But... She told me after the event she needed that to get through the event. And sometimes and, that's all it needs. Yeah. She was struggling, she was dying, she was hurting. But that little something that, to know that somebody else is there, somebody else cares, that she's not alone. Even, even in a group, you can feel alone. Oh, yeah. And that one person to show you that just a little bit extra comfort was enough that she finished the rest of the event without any help whatsoever. Yeah. You know, and. Just that little nudge. Yeah. And we've all been there where, you know, I would have loved to try when we were doing the 50 to say or do anything to get Adam and Daniela to keep going. Would we have finished as a team? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. But we were 32 miles in. It's like, guys, we're way over halfway. We just got to move. And like you were saying, Sometimes you have to place the mission first. Yeah. And that
0: was a big thing. I've, I've thought a lot of times about when Dawn stepped out. I mean, it sounds bad. Emily was with us, and Emily stepped out at the 13-mile mark. And at that point, I'm like, if you're going to bow out at this point, then there's nothing I can do for it. No. It's like, you're, you're out. I get it. She'd been sick anyway. So even before she started, we knew there was issues because she was sick. You'd have got her 16 in, and she'd still have the same yeah. attitude. By dawn at, like, 23 or 22, it was just kind of like... At that point, I'm so destroyed that I'm not sure I can argue with him. Yeah. And I pretty much know in my brain if I stopped to say, hey, let's see if you feel better in a minute or two, I probably would have just quit too.
1: You're, so, to the, you're either going to drag me down at this point or I can continue on on my own. Yeah. And, I, I want to see you finish. I really do. I did. If you think about it, you have an hour, hour and a half at most before you're done. I don't have it in me to argue at this point to get yeah. you there.
0: And that's kind of where I was at. I was like, I don't have the in me to argue with you at this point, point. and it was it was tough. It was probably one of the hardest things for me to do was to walk away from it at that point. And like I said, it's the one time in my life that literally I was crying. I was texting with Jody. I think it was Jody. I was texting with Jody, and I'm like, I'm alone. I'm out here by myself, and I was crying. And I'm just like, I I don't know if I can do this, and it was. What was really funny, what actually one of the things that got me going, I ran into some random guy that I know from the radio station that used to be the sound engineer on one of the radio shows I did. And he was delivering packages and he's like, What are you doing out here? And I'm like, I'm doing a marathon. He's like, You're an idiot. And I'm like, I, I am, but I'm going to finish this. So, yeah. <laughs> but
1: so we're. I've we're, heard those words so many times yeah. over the last few years.
0: I have to. You, you're, you're an idiot. You, like, you yeah. try
1: and explain to somebody what you're trying to do, and, and that's the immediate response. Mm-hmm. But it's almost expected at this point. Yeah, you
0: know? It is. And I mean, it's one of those things, too, especially being like my size. People look at me and say, you do what?
1: Yeah. It's like, hey, don't look at me just come oh, I'm a no, bigger I guy. I, I've I said it repeatedly. I'm fat. I'm not out of shape. Yeah. yeah. I, I've done things that most people don't. And... Even okay, you look at the OCR world, it always blows my mind at like every event. I how many people I run into that it's their very first event. It's like, I thought I was late to the game. How is this your first event? Yeah, when we were doing the sprint, I, I don't know if you remember in Hawaii, we were around mile two, two and a half after the sandbag carry. There was that group of gentlemen who couldn't have been more than like 150, 160 pounds sitting there going, Oh, I don't think I could do all three races. And I just turn, around, Are you kidding me? Because me and him, we just did the whole week in here. You have no excuse. There's no reason why you can't be here and do this. Oh, yeah. I got 100 pounds on you, son, so get your ass out here and get moving. But you take that world, the percentage of the population that actually does an OCR is very small. Yes. You take that, and then you take the crazies from that world and put them into the endurance world, and now you're in the elite of the elite. Yeah. You really are. are. The amount of people that did... a a Spartan Sprint, you're taking less than 1% of those people that would do a 50-mile star course. Yep. I've been there. I've done it. I've succeeded at it. And it was a ton of work. And then you try and explain to that to somebody who hasn't ran a mile in 20 years... And they just look at you like you're an insane person. I might be insane, but I have accomplished something that you can't take away from me. There's no. nobody in this world that can take that away from I me. I could lose every single medal, every patch, every freaking thing that I have.
0: And you still can't take those experiences away from me. Yeah. And I think that was the hardest part for me in Hawaii when I didn't, Those they didn't give me the medals. And they said they had to mail them to me. was for me to come to grips with the fact that, hey, I didn't get the medals, but I still have that accomplishment. Yeah. It's still I still know head. what I did.
1: No. Yeah. You can think back on it for the rest of your life. I did this. It took me four years to get there. I got I there. It. I did it. I have these people around me that helped me. You know, it, Nobody can take that from me. Was it perfect? No. Can yeah. I get it perfect? Yeah, maybe next time. But at least I've been there.
0: I've been there. And I, I pushed myself to that yeah. limit. And that's the thing. is, I mean, a lot of times when i like being street team in Spartan and doing the, the roadrunner events, there's so many times people are like, oh, Spartan, I don't think I could do that. You know, I'm not in good enough shape, and I'm looking going, Look at me. <laughs> Look at you. Yep. And I've done over 30 Spartans, so where's your? what's your excuse now? Yeah. You know, you're, you're not, it's not that you're out of shape, it's that you're afraid to do it. Yeah, you know, well, it's like doing tough matter here in the next couple of weeks. I've never wanted to do it because I don't like the electricity,
1: but I'm going to do it anyway because I need to push myself to pass that. I did that one over here. We'll go through it together. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll hold hands. And we'll get shocked in our nuts, and we'll drop to the ground, and we'll keep going, and pee ourselves, and whatever. So, no, Oof. like when we did did my wedding last year, uh, one of my this was
0: awesome. I'm so pissed I missed that.
1: <laughs> one of my friends, uh, she was my wife's bridesmaid, and she she's over 300 pounds. And we started the race, and you remember? Well, I guess you don't remember because you weren't there. But the big hill there in Washougal was the start of the race. No, oh, no, I remember that. I did the race. Remember, I just got hurt. so I made before you were running. That's right. So we started straight up that hill. And she was dying. She was puking. She was crying. You know, she was done. She wanted to walk off that course. And kind of like what I was saying, what happened with Crystal is I walked up. I threw my arm up under hers. And I said, you're not done. You're not stopping. We're still going. Let's keep it. Ah. And step after step. And... As the next wave, 15 minutes later, and the next wave, a half hour later, and so forth and so forth, as they came through, everybody was stopping. Everybody was giving her hugs, you know, patting her on the back, you've got this, you can do this. And you could see her mindset change. She went from, I want to walk off this now, I can't do this, to halfway through the course, when we hit Hercules Hoist, she's helping other people do Hercules Hoist. She's yeah. never done this before. And all of a sudden she went from, you know, I'm dead inside and I can't do this to I'm helping everybody else through, you know, finish the race. She's like, I get it now. I understand why you love doing this. Yeah, It's it's beyond just me. It's an entire community. And, and that's it. And when you come do Tough Mudder in, t- in two, three weeks, you're going to understand Tough Mudder. Those obstacles aren't designed to do by yourself. I've heard I'm that. Like Spartan. It's designed to do as a group. So whatever obstacle you hit when you get there. Everyone there is your new best friend yeah. because you have to work as a team right now to get through this obstacle. And, and that is why it, it's my preferred race. But if you want to challenge yourself individually, it's Spartan out of the way.
0: Yeah. Well, it's one of those
1: things, and I, and I love that, and I've seen it with other people,
0: the same exact thing where you start a race and they're like, this is stupid and I don't like it. And then by the time you get about a half to, half to three quarters of the way through the race, they're helping other people and all of a sudden that whole mindset of changed. of I get it now, I see why you do this and the, the, the team idea is amazing, but' it's, it's awesome to see that sudden change. Oh yeah and I've seen it a few times in races where all of a sudden you get that where people are like, I get it now.
1: No, there was a time where when we started doing Spartan, I couldn't do eight foot wall without help. Yeah. And then you saw in Hawaii all three days. We hit eight foot wall, I was up and over by myself, no problem. I've been having problems yeah. with those
0: since I tore the, my rotator or tore my my bicep in Montana two years ago.
1: But getting if over. There wasn't wall. all those people for years on end giving me that shoulder, giving me that, you mm-hmm. know, knee, giving me that whatever to help get over it. I don't know if I would have ever grown as a person. No. I would have been that same person that looked at that wall, said, I can't do it, walk around and keep walking. Well,
0: it's mm-hmm. like, look at Hawaii. How many times did we stop to help one person, to help our team? And yeah. then all of a sudden, someone's right behind them. like, And you can see that look. like They want to ask you for help, but they're yeah. like,
1: ah, I don't know. And you just look at them I, and say, come on, you need a knee? Let's go. You're next. You're next. That's you're next. It. Let's do it. And even when they hesitate, nope, come on, let's go. Come let's go. You saw how everyone else did it. You're right behind them. It's like, oh, but you, you want me to step on – yeah, <laughs> step on my shoulder and go. I was like, oh, but I'm so heavy. I'm like, you're not as heavy as me. Trust me. Let's go. Yeah, come on.
0: Yeah. And you see that a lot. I mean, it was, a, it was even in uh, Washougal. You know, the week be- weekend before, there was a bigger girl that was like – in the inverted wall. She's like, no, but I can't do this. And we all looked at her and said, oh, yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. And, like, it, we all – you know, it took four or five of us. And we needed Benton because of the height, (laughs) because none of us could reach up to like high enough to push her over the wall. Taller than four feet. Yeah, we had to get someone taller than four feet, and I mean, but it took a group of us, but we got her over. Yeah, you know, and it's and the look
1: on her face after she did it, she's like, "Oh my god, I made it!" It's the little success. And it went from completely defeated to not even wanting to attempt it to getting up and over. And yeah, you might not have done it by yourself, but you still got up and over yeah and that look and, on her face that that is why I do this and next time maybe you will get up and over on your own because you've already broken that wall now yeah it went from an impossibility to yes I can do this I might not have done it on my own but I can do this yeah. and next time it might be on your own and next time it might not just be on your own you might help somebody that was like you before yeah and you know how many times I've seen like on monkey bars
0: or some of those others where like there was someone and i was trying to remember who it was was it Jody it might, have, it might have been Jody, but one of those ones where it was someone I went through with, and they went up to that, and they're like, I can't do the monkey bars. And I'm like, so they're like, I'm going to go do my burpees. I'm like, did you try? Well, no, because I know I can't do it. Get up there and do it. Try it. And they made it all the way across. and like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> and I'm like, you never would have known.
1: Yep, if somebody didn't tell you to go do it, you would have been stuck yeah. in your own head. you have been over there doing burpees. Maybe you did all 30. Maybe you didn't. Whatever, but but who knows? You built that wall up on your own. Yeah, you built that mental wall, and
0: who knows how long ago you've been able to do those monkey bars. Yep, but you built that wall
1: saying that you can't. I lost my ego in this event years ago. Yeah, I got no problem doing a thing and and failing because what's there to be embarrassed about? All you uh. got to do is look over, like if you're doing a Spartan race, look at the burpees on. Those are all people that fail alongside you. Yeah. And everyone's got something to work on. And maybe, like like Twister, I'm 50% on Twister. It really comes down to where it is on the course.
0: You know? i failed every time, but I will tell you, I've pretty much reached up and tried it every
1: time. I've done it where it's early in the course and no problem. And I've done it where, in Montana, it was the very last obstacle. And I've done it. Yep. And I've done all matters of in-between where I've failed. Heck, I failed one time in Sacramento... And that was when they first put the grips on. It mm-hmm. was The grips were on every single rung. There was no getting around not having grips. And, like, third rung in, I fell. And I felt disappointed and whatnot. And then two seconds later, Dingo falls right in front of me. And I just... I tried really hard not to smirk and laugh, you know. There, yeah. There's my Krypte right next to me. Yeah. If he's not doing it now, I don't feel so bad, you know. But, yeah, it literally comes down sometimes to where these things are on the course... And where you are at during that day all you have to do is look at uh spartan beast in seattle versus a spartan super in seattle weather makes a huge difference you 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 might do the monkey bars with no problem whatsoever in september but in april when we've got that thick mud and downpouring rain those bars you might not be able to hold yourself up on yeah this the thing is you still have to make that attempt you do. And that's the
0: one thing. It's like... I mean, it comes down to, you know, uh, Lorenzo in Washugal. And that's what it came down to. When he went to to do it, he was re- chasing the guy that was the age group ahead of him. They got up to the monkey bars at almost the same time. The other guy pretty much from, a, you know, Lorenzo said, reached up, touched the bar, said, yep, cool, they're wet. I'm not doing this. Went over to do his burpees. And Lorenzo's like, I'm going for it. And he made it across. There you go. And that was the difference between... Getting first place in age group and getting second place was just going for it. Just trying. Yep. You know, and that's what it comes down to sometimes. Sometimes when you don't think you can do it, you can't. I'm very
1: surprised that for those elites and whatnot, that it's not mandatory to make an actual attempt on every obstacle.
0: Oh, trust me. That's been one of the big arguments I've had with quite a few people is it's I think it should be a mandatory attempt or mandatory completion. Because, I mean, I've watched some of those national series races where there's people that reach up touch the monkey bars or whatever it is say i can't do this and go do their. they burpees. know they can
1: burpee out faster than you yes know, making the attempt
0: then and then they know they're fast enough that they could catch
1: you know like what they did with uh, like you said
0: with ryan you'll go through the obstacle and kick butt and then ryan will pass you and then all of a sudden you hit the next obstacle and you pass him again yep and that's what a lot of those guys rely on is their speed between the obstacles
1: like what they had with uh terrain race last year, yes. Where for the elite group, in order to finish, you had to complete the obstacle. And I uh, was uh, a yeah. Jenna. Yep. She started like forty-five minutes before me, and I reached the the rope swing, and she's there on. Yeah. I don't even know what try at that point, and she's stuck there, still trying to do it. She can't complete this until she completes it, and she's broke down. She's defeated. She's used every ounce of her strength. I crossed the finish line 10 minutes after I crossed the finish line. She's crossing the finish line because it was required that she does it. She did it. Otherwise, she would have stopped way beforehand and gone around it and not completed it. And it's like, okay, that's what the elite should be doing. Yeah. She could have, if it was a Spartan race, one of these, she could have done her burpees and moved on. Yeah. She would have been, she would have been off the course before I, you know, ever even started at that point. Oh, yeah. And that's what's... I was. I still would love to see the elites run after everybody. Oh, I would too. Because, because watching they get the, videos, the nice clean yeah. course. You watch them run in April and they're running through this green cornfield. You get out there and it's pure mud and water. Yeah. And it's like, it's a lot more difficult for me. How elite are you at this point? <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. I think they should be the last one of the day when everything is freaking destroyed.
1: I would love to see that. Even if it was only for like one event. Yeah. That would be awesome. you know, we've been the last people off the course a time or two. Yep. And, and a lot of times it's just a struggle at that point. When you've had 4,000 people in front of you beat that course up, <sighs> or if it's day two and now it's 8,000 people have gone through there. Well, when you think about it, it's like Seattle and that freaking hill.
0: Oh, As God. I call it, the F.U. Hill. Because literally <laughs> the first time Benton did the race and he hit that hill he literally looked at me and said f you dad and he didn't say the f he said the actual word and i'm just like i get it that hill used to have stairs yep the very first year we did it do you remember those yeah i do they're gone mm, long gone and that hill is getting worse and worse and it's going to be another I, i'd be surprised how, how well it is to get up them now i mean yeah so i mean those courses get beat up yes they do they get destroyed. But we're we're over my hour mark.
1: So uh, we should, went by fast.
0: It did. So we should probably wrap this up. So anything you'd want to say to the listeners in closing? I mean, we've covered a lot and, you know, teamwork and all that kind of stuff. Anything
1: else you'd want to say to them? Nope. I'll just see you all in Seattle. I'll see you at Tough Mudder. I'll see you in Sacramento. I'll, I'll see you next year. Yeah.
0: We're going to race. We're going to have all sorts of fun. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Nick, for sitting down with me in this beautiful location out on your deck. Yeah. Um, and we're going to continue drinking and we will talk to you guys later thanks for listening to the beastnet podcast if you haven't done it yet find us on facebook like and share the podcast give us a review on itunes or spotify
1: all these things will help to expand the show in the future this show is brought to you by james safety services in partnership with beast ocr don't forget to subscribe
0: and let us know what you think and what you like to hear You can find us on Facebook,
1: Twitter, Instagram, or at beastocr.com.